you project a certain dollar amount for construction yeah. um, and then COVID hits. Yeah. There were cost inflation, like PVC going up 90%, cost of steel. That's really when we're like, uh-oh, what what are we going to do here? We did get hit hard on a couple items of materials. So conversations came up saying, hey, what if we re- went from 16 basketball courts down to 10? No, guys, we're not doing that. So let's find a way. Welcome to For the Love of Mesa, the show where you get to meet our makers, the people who make Mesa, Arizona, the hottest hotspot in the Southwest. I'm Brian Nissen, and on the show today, how longtime Arizonan Randy Miller saw a problem experienced by all parents of kids who play sports, stewed on it for 30 years, then fixed it in one powerful stroke, a world-class, one-of-a-kind, stay-and-play sports complex. Bell Bank Park, and it's right here in Mesa. Pretty people having fun now. Salt River in the summer or the springtime. Yeah, but we chilling in the meantime. First certified autism destination. See that there makes me proud. When I was in the fourth grade, I read about Buenos Aires for the first time in a geography book. And after that, it seemed like I kept hearing about it over and over. Everyone was talking about Buenos Aires, Argentina. This is called the Batter-Meinhof phenomenon. The illusion that once you've noticed something for the first time, you begin to hear about it all the time. And this is happening to me again. I recently read a post on Facebook about Bellbank Park in Mesa, and suddenly it seems like everyone's talking about it. If you haven't heard of Bellbank Park yet, brace yourself. You're about to get Batter-Meinhofed. Bellbank Park, powered by Legacy Sports USA, as the folks there like to say, is America's largest multi-sport and entertainment complex, 320 acres. If you're trying to visualize that, it's roughly 244 football fields. You probably can't visualize that either. Well, it's big. Randy Miller is the founder and chairman of Legacy Sports, and he's assisted by his two sons, Chad, CEO, and Brett, president. Then there's Lance Fight. As the director of sports for Visit Mesa, Lance works closely with Brett Miller. Lance had the good fortune of stepping into the position of Mesa sports guru when the mother of all sports arenas was being built. I feel like I was a kid on Christmas as I got to walk into this shiny new present that what I do to deserve that kind of thing. I just got this job. What, what do I? So that's why uh, when, when Brett and I connected and we're just like, oh, hey, I know you. Hey, we do. I know you, too. Uh, what can I help with? I just got here. You just got here. How can we help make this thing happen? And it's been pretty uh Awesome. So when yeah. you saw each other again, you realized that you knew each other in a, in a previous life. And this is Brett. We did. We, we grew up playing basketball in college against each other. Did you ever compete against each other on the court? The year that I knew him, I medical redshirted when he was playing there. So I didn't ever get to play against. Nice. We're on the same team now. So yeah, yeah, that's all that matters. So this was your father, Randy's dream originally. So tell me, when in his lifetime did he envision something like Bellbank Park? When I was, I think I was about four years old, my brother was six, um, saw a need for it because I would be at one facility, my brother would be at another facility, parents would divide and conquer. So that was number one. Like, how do we find a facility that you can play basketball and baseball at the same time? Um, It didn't exist back then. 
And then I also, see it. So it came out of a real kind of very yep. basic need. Yep. And probably a lot of families who are football families or just basketball families or whatever, maybe they don't experience that, but you guys were multi-sport family. Multi-sport family. And then something that every family experiences when you go out to a youth sports park is when your kids are playing, traditionally you have a gap between games. Mm-hmm. And that gap could be two hours up to even six hours, depending yeah. on the sport. What do you do? If you're too far from home, you can't go home that quick and, and feed your kids, keep them air conditioning, keep them warm in the winter months. So how do you put a bar restaurant on site? What does that food and beverage option look like? Where do you have kids go to be entertained during that gap and really incorporate a stay and play model? This is like all great ideas that when you hear of it, you say to yourself, why did no one ever do that before? There's a lot of people that tried and yeah. they're still trying. Yeah. Um, it took him 30 years. How'd you end up in Mesa? So this project initially was going to go up north uh, near I-17 and Happy Valley Road. And then we're looking on on the west side of the valley. My brother and I are born and raised in the Southeast Valley. And we saw just the economic growth and all the housing developments and everything going on in the Southeast Valley. And then we had some close family friends that own the land. And they're like, hey, we've got an opportunity where we have 320 acres. So one, it's hard to find 320 acres. Right. You got to be on the outskirts of town. Got to go on the outskirts of town. Right. Um, Where we're very blessed is that there's becoming a city just basically evolving around us right now. Yeah. The SR24 going up out there. You got Eastmark, Cadence. There's 10,000 more homes going east of us. There's going to be a marketplace just north of us. So we couldn't be happier. We to be in Mesa, but we also saw the growth pattern and that's where we wanted to be. You're going to be right in the middle of things. Yeah. That's the goal. Okay. So you've got your land, but I can't imagine that this is something that your your family is thinking that they're going to build themselves. During COVID is actually when we secured our funding. Um, we saw a lot of people in the marketplace that were really hurting financially, but their kids were the last ones to be hurt. Right. So they would do anything to make sure their kids were taken care of or in sports. And you also saw a lot of people coming in from California to Arizona to still compete in youth tournaments. Our financial investors saw the opportunity, said, hey, this could be a great opportunity to strike while the iron's hot. And that's exactly what we did. And we put the shovel in the ground end of September of 2020, first part of October, and then opened up first part of January. That seems like light speed to me. For a project, it that, felt of that slow skip. for us. No, Lance, it was light speed. Don't let was, him fool you. Yeah. I know. I'm sure because he his you know he was on site every single day to watch every brick be laid and yeah. every you know concrete slab be poured. But it was one of those things where you know a week would go by and I'd drive back out there and be like, wait, how'd they get another field house up in a week? Um, or you know, how did they get 24 turf fields laid all at once? Is the world record of the largest turf lay ever done. Did you have the Guinness people come out and, and uh No, we need to though. That? Yeah, you should. Yeah. yeah, it was three million square feet of artificial turf. So the largest single purchase ever and the largest installment at one time ever. And like Lance said, yes, if you're gone for a week, you come back, you see a difference. But he said one field house, we come back like why is this? Why is the second one not up? Right, like it's not going quick <laughs> enough. Sure, because we knew the deadline was coming with all of our tournaments and camps. We've we had things inked, deals inked. Oh boy! So and that's how early we all got involved. Was yeah. the minute they put a shovel in the ground, we were helping their sales team. Kay, you know how do we get? How do we put business on the books to make sure by the time this thing is opened, it is full from day one. Mm-hmm. What were the moments where you really came up against a wall? Construction deadlines. Um, you, you project a certain dollar amount for construction, yeah. um, and then COVID hits. Yeah. There were cost inflation, like PVC going up 90%, cost of steel. That's really when we're like, uh-oh, 
what what are we going to do here? So we did a lot of proactive ordering, and, and if, if we caught wind of something potentially happening, we ordered it right away. We did get hit hard on a couple items of materials, so conversations came up saying, hey, what if we re- went from 16 basketball courts down to 10? No, guys, we're not doing that. We, we can't do it, so let's find a way. Um, our vendors were very, very good with us, um, and we all made it work. So it sounds to me like there were expense issues that seemed rather daunting, but you guys, there wasn't a moment where this was ever in doubt. No, I mean, if you ever met my father, Randy, yeah. I mean, after 30 years of this, this is a one-way ticket. We're getting it done. Did your father have experience in, in doing this sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, from from the start, as you know, he's always been in the sports industry. He was a part of the Arizona Outlaws when they had their expansion football team out here doing sales in the in the late 80s. Then he owned a cellular business, and then he owned a pool company, and then he was always in the sports doing um, golf tournaments and charity foundations. So he's been all over the place just, you know, as an entrepreneur grinding it. Uh, he has an extensive background in sports. He played some some minor league ball and baseball. Mm-hmm. And his passion's always been sports. And then yeah. he got to the point where he had the, us two boys, and he, he wanted to leave a legacy behind for, for us and then for his grandkids. And uh, But, yeah, I mean, he's he's been after this for a very, very long time. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, families, there can be friction. Is that ever a problem? I mean, there's friction in, in any organization, really, just kind of working things out, everyone. But, uh, I mean, really, it's yin and yang. Yeah. Um, my brother and I are working very diligently together and we've done things that he doesn't do great. I do great. And things I don't do great. He does very well. Yeah. So we balance each other out really, really well. And we stay in our lanes and respect each other's decisions, which yeah. is, which is really neat. I will tell you to his point, yeah. uh, when we were at the ribbon cutting, he, Brett said it perfectly. Chad and Randy, his, his father and his older brother are the two bulls in a China hutch that will come in and break every plate in that China hutch. <laughs> and it is Brett's job to come in and glue it all back together uh, and smooth <laughs> the road. And, <laughs> and, and a- after the, you know, the last year that we've been working together with them, I'm like, that could not be the more true statement that I've ever heard in my life. He's just, he's the balm yeah. that, that, you know, where, where the things that Randy and Chad do, do absolutely 100% move the needle. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it could, you know, rough people up, it could run people over and then and Brett can say, hey, here's why we did it. Here's what we yeah. did. Someone's got to be the good cop. Yeah. And yeah, but but the thing is, they're all good cops. Yeah. They just have different methods. Sure, yeah. sure. Okay, so you're building this thing all through 2021. Meanwhile, COVID is still crushing the economy. Sports was the one thing keeping all of our doors open. Mesa was one of the, the few cities that kept all of its parks and facilities open for sports. So we were getting things on loan you know, sports wise that we'll never get back. I was getting lacrosse tournaments from Vegas and soccer tournaments from California that their states closed. Our state was open. They needed fields. They were coming in, you know, by the hundreds. How did that affect what you ended up doing with Bell Bank Park? Uh, like you said, you never get it back, but was there some sort of positive impact of that? It was. It was one of those things of now it's preparing us for this constant flux of business that that Bell Bank now is bringing us. It was this big puzzle. We were playing Tetris trying to get people oh, in, which our hotels were very thankful to have doors open yeah. when other hotels were closing and other cities were closing their doors. Mesa was one of those forward-thinking cities that was just like, hey, you know, sports is the one lifeblood that's keeping us alive. Is it a, Would it be a correct analogy to say you guys built a vessel and then Lance's job is to fill it? We we filled a you lot, do a lot but of now, oh, now they, they have an entire you got an entire team doing it. that. We've got an entire team, yeah. but what's nice is it truly takes a colony to truly fill this park. Yeah. When I went to a sports conference and it was in Alabama, one of the largest ones. At first, it was me selling people on it. Yeah. Now 
if they see Mesa attached to my name or if they see a Mesa attached to my signature, you, Bellbank Park, that's that's in Mesa. What do you do with it? Like, how are you involved? And by the time the shovel was in the ground, yeah. it's almost like it had this following that was palpable at every conference and every expo and every conversation I had yeah. was, how do we get to Bellbank? And what hoops do we have to jump through? Before we started this conversation, you guys were talking about how Bellbank Park serves a niche. How is a sports complex niche I think in a number of ways, really. I mean, you start talking about consolidation of all the different sports, and not just traditional sports, but stuff you probably don't even know of. Brazilian soccer, futsal, you know, we're bringing in cornhole, um, American <laughs> Ninja Warrior stuff. We've had cricket approach us, so we're actually going to um, change some of our festival space to cricket fields. we got enough expat Brits here to, to fill out <laughs> one cricket field? That's, yeah, there's a lot. Is a lot there? Of, yeah, a lot of people moving here that that's their number one sport. That, that's amazing to me. So, so yeah, I can see it's you fulfill niche just simply because there are so many sports and some kind of rather obscure sports. 100%. Like I looked at that list. I, I have to admit, I didn't know what futsal was. Yeah, most people don't. You know, they think it's just um, some something Brazilians do. Um, it's indoor soccer, play with a heavier ball. It doesn't really go off the ground. It's uh, great for footwork, but it's indoors. We host professional futsal tournaments. Okay. Uh, a lot of the kids that play outside traditionally that are coming inside are, are loving it. They just it's, it's a much quicker, fast-paced game. And also parents love it because in the hot summer months or in the cold winter months, they're inside. Yeah. And I'll tell you from a tourism standpoint, yeah. to be able to have two, three, four hundred team tournaments in the dead of June, July, and August because they have enough courts to facilitate that many teams indoors now brings tourism year-round. We have futsal tournaments of 200 or 300 teams coming. So the Rush Futsal that yep. we we helped uh, procure mm-hmm. with them yeah. uh, is in the dead of July and is bringing 250 uh, futsal teams. And of that, as will be about 80, 90% of them out of market. Wow. And when he says out of market, it's not just domestic. It's no. international. South America, Brazil, international, the UK. I mean, everywhere. Lance, tell me, what are you hearing? Just give me a, a sampling of the kinds of things that you're hearing from customers out there. What are they wowed by? What are they saying? I could have spoke about this park, and I did until my face turned blue. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was one of those things, and it did not wow factor me on paper as much because I'm like, I can't fathom 57 volleyball courts. Like in my brain, I can't. Right. I can't make that picture in my head until you walk out on that park. Yeah. And you walk across 24 straight fields, and there's a jumbotron on every field, and you walk into a private. There's a jumbotron on every field. On every field. The sheer magnitude of this thing, you don't really know until you stand in the middle of it and you're walking somebody through the most basketball courts indoor that you've ever seen in your life. And Brett and I coming from the basketball world, we're like, I looked at him, I was like, Brett, I've never seen anything like this in my life. And he's like, I've never seen anything like this in my life. So it was like kids in a candy store of like, how do we make other people feel the way that we feel about it? And it is to get them out there and to show them. How does this compare to anything like this in the country? I know it's the biggest. It, I mean, yeah, closest it, would be what, Orlando? Orlando, yeah. ESPN Wide World of Sports. It's owned by Disney, um, but we're about 90 acres larger than they are, and they operate about three and a half days a week where we're seven days a week. Does that ever just shock you that, that that's the league that you're in? Uh, something no. that is sponsored by Disney. No, <laughs> it, not at all. No. Like, it's the weirdest. I mean, we're, we're so in the trenches, it's almost like – we just do what we do, and we want to take yeah. care of people, and at the end of the day, do right by others and create really strong partnerships and work yeah. with good people, and it, the journey's only as fun as the people you're with. And so that's what we keep focusing on, and so it's not like, oh, we're a Disney, we're that. 
we're creating our own lane with our own partners, and we want this to be the, it is the largest sports and family entertainment park in the country, but. If you could elaborate on what you mean by entertainment venue, because I will tell you, there is not just fields and courts. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So we've got our Tixer Great Lawn. It's 2.8 acres. It can fit up to 10,000 people. That's really right in the heartbeat of the park. So a lot of people use it for a picnic space, but we had our first ticketed event out there um, first part of February with Lindsay Sterling. She's a violinist from East Valley. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're bringing in a lot of other artists throughout the year. We have 22 acres of festival space where we just held the Arizona Strong Brew Festival this Friday. And every Friday moving forward, we have food truck Fridays out there. Uh, We have two zip lines. We have everything Brazilian jiu-jitsu events. We had Snoop Dogg and an NFT conference there this last <laughs> week. So Snoop came in, performed for an hour and a half. Who would have thought a month and a half into opening, you've got Snoop Dogg right. performing at your park, which was really neat. We're working with country festivals. You guys can do it all. We can. At Christmas next year, what's really neat is we have 44 days carved out. We've got 10 acres on our festival grounds, full Santa's Village train ride, you name it, but get out your car, come out, and actually enjoy Christmas lights with family. Which that alone right there just kind of tells you that it's bigger than sports. Yeah. Like, they just want your family out here. They just yeah. want you to experience the way that they and their family wanted to experience sports and, and right. life. Sounds to me almost like people could come to this place as a destination, like they do when they go to Orlando mm-hmm. or some other, you know, Disneyland or whatever, and spend a couple days there, two or three days there doing different things, right? They can. Mm-hmm. Um, once we get the hotels on site, yeah. which is already being spec'd just north of our park, um, it's going to be three hotels with a almost desert ridge marketplace type. For yeah. So that's what we need for kids to stay on site, walk underneath the tunnel, underneath the freeway directly to our site um, to really, really make it that Disney feel. Well, here's the question that everyone's thinking to themselves right now as they've listened to this is, have you guys challenged each other to a one-on-one game on one of those basketball courts? No, I mean, we focus more on we have a recovery department if we ever did want to challenge each other one-on-one. <laughs> Just hearing about it. Lance would win every time. No. You'd be it, walking off with two bad hamstrings. Oh, our, our, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, is this right? 41 pickleball courts? When I saw 41 pickleball courts, for someone that likes things to kind of neat and tidy, I was like, why'd you build that extra one? Stadium. Just keep it at 40. <laughs> yes. But no, you had to do the XL. had to do the When I walk number. by it, I'm going to look the other way. So it's 40 regular courts. Yeah. And then the one stadium court is the one that is the one. Oh, you just fixed it for me. I did. Yeah. I so you it. can sleep tonight. It's 40 plus <laughs> you one. Can, you got can it. sleep it's tonight. It's Yeah. <laughs> I got to say the coolest part about the legacy of legacy sports. Yeah. Um is it it came out of necessity of a dad and his two sons being like, how are we going to pull this off? And now he's a grandpa with his sons that have kids because yeah. they, they built that. They made that happen. So that's just, he's watching his grandkids out on the field playing the way sports were intended to be played. Sure. Here's my idea that I'm going to pitch to you. Roller coaster around the whole thing. That would be Don't say neat. that to Randy too loud. He he will somehow Randy will say heck yes. We'll I'll make we're that happen do that. tomorrow. <laughs> Show me the numbers that we're in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when Everything's said and done. What would you love for people to say about this place? I was fortunate enough to go to ESPN Wide World of Sports back when I played club ball when I was 11 years old for national championships, and I've never forgotten about the experience. The The memories that ingrained in these kids as they grow older, I'm saying, wow, I played at Bell Bank Park. And then the parents saying, oh my gosh, we had the best time you know, growing up. I remember when our kids were playing club sports, we were always at, at Bell Bank Park. Um, it's, it's about the memories 
and leaving your legacy behind. Lucky for us, the Millers are leaving their legacy right here in Mesa. Like Lance said, you've got to see it to believe it, so get on out there. It's just off AZ Loop 202 at the corner of Ellsworth Road and East Pecos Road in Mesa. In the meantime, you can follow Bell Bank Park and Legacy Sports AZ on Instagram. Or go to LegacySportsUSA.com. Hope you enjoyed meeting our makers. For Visit Mesa and for the love of Mesa, I'm Brian Nissen. So that's why I feel free, free, free. I'm on the way. I'm on the way.